Welcome to Living Box Free. Our mission is to help you break out of the box of worldly expectations. We're here to help you find your unique journey to a healthy, fulfilled life. Hey guys, welcome to the first episode of our Who Dat series. This series is all about relationships and we're excited to talk about it. It's going to be fun. I am Ashleen Seitz. And I'm Becky Ford. And we start every episode with the question, what's on the rise for you this week? So Becky, what's on the rise for you this week? Not too many things have changed, but one thing that is changing (laughs) that's on the rise is I've got some friends hosting baby showers for Tristan and myself. We are, the countdown's getting real. (laughs) I mean, Mm. it is a prison countdown to when this little baby's going to be let loose into the real world. Freedom! Freedom! And uh, another piece on the rise for me is trying to figure out our decoration. So I know we talked about our leadership wall in a different episode. The The Mount Rushmore Rushmore of of leaders. leaders. It's not as easy to find that stuff as (laughs) (laughs) what I thought. I went to Hobby Lobby. I'm like, man, come on. Where's Teddy Roosevelt? Where's John Maxwell? Come Come on. on. (laughs) So, So decorations. My goal is with these weekends to get that stuff done because I do not like to procrastinate, wait till the last minute. What's on the rise for you? I am so excited. I am excited to announce that soccer is returning. Goal. Is hey, that what it is? Yes. Good yes. job. Except for she did the touchdown. Sign, I did the guys. touchdown. <laughs> Goal. Different sport. Goal. <laughs> She's trying to hold up her hands. It's not working. We're just going to move soccer on. Soccer net. Is that yeah, soccer net? Sure. Okay. It's good. <laughs> good thing we don't videotape ourselves. <laughs> so La Liga and the Premier League have been running for a few weeks, but the uh, National Women's Soccer League is coming back. They're doing doing a tournament style. I'm a big soccer fan, so I'm very excited to watch soccer again. My roommate is also a soccer fan. She watches with me, so we're pretty stoked. Speaking of countdowns, counting down to soccer. Woohoo! That's so nice. You and your roommate both enjoy yes. that. Yeah, we can watch together. You don't have to fight it's over fun. what's on the TV. Absolutely. Well, speaking of you and your roommate, we are going to be talking all about roommates. Nice friends. segue. <laughs> yeah, I worked really hard on that. <laughs> Spouses, coworkers. We're going to be kicking off in this series, Who Dat? It's all about relationships. There are so many different types of relationships in our lives and how we navigate those and how we invest in them is is so important. Once again, relationships can be one of the, the best gifts that we can have. And so as we kick off this series, this is our introduction to this series, there's a few things we're going to talk about. The first part is we're going to talk about why relationships are a necessity for us and that they can be a little bit hard. And then we're going to talk about why we need community. Then we'll jump into why we need to invest in our relationships. And finally, we're going to end this first episode with some myth busting around relationships. Pretty excited for that. Myth busters. Isn't that like a TV show? Yes, Becky. It is a TV show. I thought so. Well done. We'll see if we can exceed what they do on TV with some myth busting and blow some (laughs) minds today. Probably not. Probably not. But here's hoping. Here's the goals. (laughs) So first off, we're going to talk about relationships, why they're a necessity and they can be hard. There's a, there's a gentleman out there. His, he's a UCL, UCLA professor and neuroscientist, Matthew Lieberman. He's got a lot of research. He's studied uh, thousands of studies from over 250 million years. And there's a great article we'll put in the podcast notes. And it talks about how people the need for connectedness socially is 
a basic need, just as basic as food, water, and shelter. Hmm. So all these studies that he's done, you can see that that social connection is a necessity for us as humans. Yeah. And if you think about it, you think back into the past, as humans, we started off in tribes or villages. And if you got not expelled, what's the word? If you got casted out of that, (laughs) expelled, I'm in like school. Expelled, kicked out? I don't know. (laughs) People are like, she get expelled. Exiled? Exiled. If you got kicked out, if you got exiled, expelled, whatever that tribe called it, that was basically like a death sentence back in the day, right? You needed that tribe for physical protection as well as emotional needs. And today that emotional need of connectedness is even greater. And what's crazy is we can see through social media and the internet and virtual connectedness, we can see sometimes that makes us more connected mm-hmm. or less connected emotionally. So how do we leverage those tools as well to meet this basic necessity of ours for that social connection? Yeah. I also, I heard a podcast, I'll have to go back and dig it up and we can talk about it at another time, but I heard this podcast on urban sprawl and how basically because our cities are expanding and the way that we're building our neighbor, neighborhoods, we're less connected emotionally than before, which I think oh, is fascinating. Yeah. I believe that even the way that our communities are being formed now, it spaces us out. We aren't as reliant on e- each other. Yeah. We, those communities back in the day were more reliant on one another as well. So that emotional need for community is even more important today, that emotional side. And this professor Lieberman, you can hear him. He's got some quotes around, you know, being connected is our brain's lifelong passion. So it is our brain is wired to desire that. And it's been built into our DNA for millions of years. So it is, it is a necessity just like food, water, and shelter. However, relationships can be hard which is why we're doing this series. Amen. Amen. They are not always easy, and it's because we see the world differently. We have different needs. We just talked about uh, five love languages before this. So relationships, it's not a one-size-fits-all, which is what makes it hard and difficult. A couple other elements. Why, Why are relationships hard? One of those elements, it is so easy to think about ourselves and what we want. Always, always. We, we think about ourselves in relationships. We have to think about others. So that can be difficult sometimes, especially when your life is a, a whirlwind tornado, making sure you're thinking about your friend or your spouse. I mean, there's been moments I know whether it's a birthday or someone who's taking a finals test to finish nursing school. I'm like, oh, I, oh man, I missed that. Like I should have sent them a message. Yeah. And so I, I try to be more intentional thinking about others, putting things on my calendar to remember those important moments to make sure you're checking in with, with those who you really care about. And that's, we have to kind of go against the American way. The American dream is an individualist concept. And so we have to set aside our own goals. It sometimes it feels like set aside our own goals or our own dreams in order to take the time to make that happen. So that's difficult. It is. Another element that makes relationships hard is sometimes we have unspoken expectations for others, whether that's a friend, a spouse, a coworker, uh, and that, that can be really difficult. So communication, we talked about crucial conversations a couple episodes ago. Communication is also a key need in relationships. I mean, I think about real, the five love languages. If your spouse keeps giving you gifts and they're spending money and like gift giving is your lowest, yeah, that is for, I mean, that's a, you have not set that expectation, right? So once again, I think Ash talked about this in our last episode, being aware and vocalizing, Hey, you know what? It is so, 
I get that you are giving me these gifts and that is so thoughtful, but just so you know, I actually, you don't need to spend any money. Yeah. I would love for you to just sit next to me and us have a conversation and spend some time together. So making sure that we vocalize those expectations as well in order to make sure both people's needs are being met. A couple. So over the last few weeks, I've been working out with two people, Shyla and Lauren, and we've been running a lot. And so um, I tend to come back for them. Like if I get ahead of them, I come back for them. And then Ash is a boss at running. Well, no, (laughs) if I am, it's because you have made me such a thing. But uh, last week I had given blood and donated blood. And so I was feeling pretty weak. And then we did a really intense workout with running and I was dragging. I, I mean, I have never felt that rough in a workout, I don't think. And I was dragging and I was trying to come back and I was had this whole rant going in my head about why are they not coming back for me? I would have come back for oh, them. Oh, those unspoken expectations. Yes. And yeah. so when I got back, I was kind of pissed at them, which is so unfair because I hadn't like, they had no idea. They had no idea. I felt that way. And we had a conversation, kind of a laugh about it later. And yes. Lauren apologized and said, I'm sorry, we didn't come back. And I was like, no, 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 that wasn't the point. You did not, you had no idea I wanted you to come back for me. Unspoken expectation. It is not fair to hold you to that. Like you couldn't have known. So I I believe I was coaching that class. I think you were. I remember this. And I'm sure that Lauren and Shiloh were thinking, woohoo, we're ahead of Ash. We finished. (laughs) Yes. Let's get this miserable run done. Yeah. There was no malicious intent. And I know for sure if I communicated to them, come back for me, they would have. Absolutely. I know they would have too. Unspoken expectations, but you talked about it and had a laugh about it. Yeah. Yes. Sometimes those expectations aren't as easy to laugh about. It's true. But it is good to talk about them. (laughs) Yes. Yes. The final piece here that makes relationships hard that we'll talk about throughout this series is we're all diverse. Some of us, you might have friends who are a lot like you, but there's so much power in diversity of relationships and seeing things through the eyes of other people. And we must be open to hearing other people and trying to truly understand them. And sometimes it can be difficult. We could see the world so differently. And I know we've got a friend who just, she just wrote a blog post about her parents and hanging out with her parents and asking her her thoughts on the riots and all this stuff. And it's difficult sometimes when you know you have opposing views to have those conversations. And that makes relationships hard. But if we can navigate those difficult conversations and understand, seek to understand those diverse backgrounds and perspectives, it can only bring us closer to understanding that other person and having a more meaningful, deep relationship. Absolutely. Definitely worth it. Yeah. So that, I mean, relationships, they are a necessity. However, they are hard, which is why we're having this series all about who dat about relationships to help us equip ourselves to have those deep, meaningful relationships and be self-aware but also be aware of those other people that we really care about and be able to show them that care in the way that they need. Yeah. So let's talk about not just why we, our basic instinct is to need relationships, but why, how do they help us? What do we need from them in day-to-day life? There's this African proverb that I love. One of my former roommates introduced me to it. It says, if you want to go quickly, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I think, I mean, not to overuse CrossFit as an example, but that's, that is a great example of, I go so much farther. I work so much harder when there are people there with me in it also suffering. Uh, My roommate likes to call it suffering together. Um, (laughs) That's just what she calls CrossFit, suffering Suffering. together. Are we going to suffering today? (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) 
And because I know that someone else is in it with me, I'm willing to go farther and able to push myself and I'm willing to do things that I wouldn't do otherwise. And Brene Brown talks about how she has this great book on belonging called Braving the Wilderness. And she talks about how belonging is the innate human desire to be part of something larger than us. So there's this feeling of that, that what I talked about, about the American dream, the individualist thing, it's not enough. We want to be part of something that is bigger than just us. And if you think about, we tend to isolate ourselves because it is, it is easier. Like we don't want to reach out. I mean, you kind of said this, we don't want to think about other people. We want to focus on ourselves, but we can create little circles that way. If we don't want to have those hard conversations where all we see is our own viewpoint and then we don't get to see the rest of the world and our own flaws, because if you're only looking at yourself in the mirror and you, no one else ever tells you what you look like, you have no concept of what is the back of my head look like. Like you don't know, you can't tell. <laughs> you need other people who have a different perspective to tell you other parts of truth and other parts of reality. I think another reason to talk about why we need community in our, our day-to-day lives is that we cannot change the world alone. We, we can't even change ourselves alone. I mean, we just talked about that. We don't have the perspective for that. But there's this quote from Howard Zinn. He says, small acts, when multiplied by millions of people, can transform the world. So you and I, with this podcast alone, I mean, we might reach someday thousands of people, but we're not going to change the world. But if those thousands of people reach thousands of people who reach thousands of people, we can change the world. We can reshape the culture. And I just think that's really cool. That's part of being a big bigger part being a part of something bigger yeah <laughs> being a bigger part being a bigger part that's what i'm working on with all the ice cream being a, being a bigger part that uh. what you just described makes me think at a at a lanco at work we just created a logo for a pla- a learning platform and it's that ripple it's that oh yeah that raindrop and then the ripple effects like what you just said you know one person but that one person can cause that ripple right. that that goes to many other people to have a even bigger impact. Yeah. And we do, I love that we started with the who dis with knowing yourself because you do have to start with yourself. You have to start understanding what perspective do I already have? How am I coming at this? And then it moves into one-on-one relationships, communicating with one other person, understanding their viewpoint, and then it can move out into the community, which moves out into the world. And so it is that ripple effect. So I love that visual. That's all I got. Okay. <laughs> We're going to ripple on over. Oh, gosh. <laughs> is that a dad joke? Is that a mom joke? No, that's not a dad joke. It's not even, <laughs> it's not even a joke. It's a poor segue. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we've talked about that need for community and how it benefits us. Next, we're going to jump into why do we need to work on relationships? If I've got a good relationship, isn't it fine? Like, it? do I... Why would I need to pour into that more work into it? Yeah. Yeah. In our previous episode, Ash on five love languages talked about that love tank. And if you were to imagine someone else, you're, you're giving love to others or care showing you care, you need that love tank filled back up. And I like to think about a car here. When you first get a new car, you're so excited. You're going to be so focused on keeping it clean and keeping that maintenance up. However, eventually like, you're, you're using that car every day at a certain point. It's not that exciting anymore. It's just your car. And yet you still need that required maintenance, those oil changes, 
checking, you know, making sure the paint's not chipping, whatever. So relationships, it's somewhat similar. It's so exciting at the beginning. It's great. You click, you got these things in common. You're still learning new things about each other every day as opposed to infrequently. Yeah. So it's exciting, but eventually you still need that, that maintenance. You need that investment. So that's, that's one reason why we need to invest in relationships is it's a, it's a continuous need to fill up that love tank, show you care, invest in the other person. And the other reason is because we are humans and we make mistakes. Oh, sad. We are not perfect. And I actually have a story. This came to my mind and it's crazy. It's from middle school, but I will never forget it. One of my really good friends, best friends, her name's Debbie. It was Debbie Schlegel. She got married. Now it's Debbie Rippey. But Debbie, she and I were in art class in middle school and it was like the charcoal where you had the paper and you had like the charcoal yeah. where you're drawing yeah, yeah. with it. And I just turned and I hit her shirt with this thing of charcoal and she was so mad. And she's like, Becky, this is my favorite shirt. It's ruined. She was so mad. And I did it. It was an accident. I yeah. made a mistake. And she, she gave me the silent treatment. Oof. This is middle school. Yikes. We've all grown since then. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, what can I do to make this okay? I made a mistake. I did not, I'm clumsy. I just, I didn't mean to like throw charcoal at her shirt. And I was wearing one of my favorite horse shirts. I was obsessed with horses. It was a light gray shirt with paint horses on it, which are spotted. If you don't know what a paint is. Yes. And I go, hmm. All right. Well, I'm doing this. And I took the charcoal and I just started coloring my shirt with it. Oh my gosh. I'm not kidding. My mom would probably remember this. I just start coloring my shirt and Debbie goes, what are you doing? Yeah. And I was like, we're going to match. And I made mine look so much worse than hers. Oh my God. And then she starts laughing and she's like, I'm so sorry. I got upset. And I was like, it's okay. We're going to match. And I just, in my mind, is it, is it hard to believe I would do that? No, (laughs) it's awesome. In my mind, I'm like, okay, I love this horse shirt, but I value my relationship with Debbie more this is middle school, middle school. So I'm like, what do I do? I am going to over-exaggerate this mistake on myself. So I'm in the trenches with her and she's not alone suffering together. Yes. And I guarantee you, if I were to text or call Debbie, she would remember that yeah. she, she was laughing and I was like, okay, we're cool. We're good. That's awesome. <laughs> so, so that's a very simple example of we make mistakes. And as adults, those mistakes might be even more drastic than accidentally coloring with, with coal on someone's shirt. <laughs> Uh, that might be the minor side of our mistakes as adults, but we make mistakes. And so we have to make sure we're caring for those relationships. We're giving them the maintenance needed because we are all humans. We're going to say something stupid that we didn't mean at some point in time. Uh, we're going to do something thinking about ourselves and not about someone else and not realize the impact it has on them. So making sure that we are investing and working on relationships is so vital. One of my favorite quotes from a mentor and this is, he's an ag guy, <laughs> agriculture. I love it. Uh, but his, his quote that he'd always say to us, his name's Mr. Bledsoe. He's in North Carolina is if you're green, you're growing. If you're ripe, you're rotten. Hmm. So as a relationship, you don't want to be ripe. Yeah. You want to make sure you're always green. You're learning about that other person. You're growing together as you both grow as individuals. You, your, your ability to grow together is only maximized if you're intentional about it. Yeah. So investing in relationships, it's key. It takes time. Uh, the last thing that I'll throw out here when it comes to investing in relationships is things are not always a 50, 50. Sometimes your friend, your coworker, 
your boss, your spouse, life can be crazier for them. And so investment might be more from your end at times to help them compensate for that struggle or challenge that they're facing. And, and the reverse is true as well. So that investment, it's not always, Hey, we're both 50, 50 sharing this load. Sometimes you might need to pick up more or vice versa. And that, that is showing you care as well. Yeah. I love that you say that. And I think it is important to make sure that it does come back to 50, 50 or Mm -hmm. at least swings back and forth. But I do love, yeah, that reminder that it doesn't have to always be in the middle and it doesn't have to be completely reciprocal because there are just seasons of life that we can't be the same kind of friend for everybody at yeah, all times. Absolutely. I even think about spouses who one of them's in school and the other one's working and, you know, someone's decided I am going to pay the bills while my spouse invest in their education and someday it will, you know, we're both going to be contributing. And it's just remembering, like you said, it should not always be one-sided by any means, but recognizing that there is a flow based on the needs of that other person you're in a relationship with. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so before we find we close out on this intro episode, let's talk about a couple of myths about relationships. There are a lot of myths about relationships, but I, I decided to focus on three. First, introverts versus extroverts. I have met a lot of people who will meet me in a social gathering and then they will later find out that I'm an introvert and they will be shocked. And I'm like, introvert does not mean I don't like people. That's not what that (laughs) means. (laughs) So introversion versus extroversion. Let's just divine it real quick in case you missed our previous episode about personality tests. Introvert means you get energy from being alone. Extrovert means you get energy from being with people. But That said, introverts still need to be around people and need community to, again, for all of those reasons, to grow us, to help us to see the world in a different way. And extroverts still need alone time in order to process and accept their feelings and figure out what's going on with them. I mean, you're an extrovert. You need alone time, right? I feel like we're the perfect science experiment. We are. (laughs) You and me. and, And Ash and I even talked about this. There are certain times in normal, normal days when I would do training face-to-face with groups for a full week and host, host them starting from 7 a.m. through dinner, by the end of that week, I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm sorry, friends. I need to be alone. And even sometimes I'm like, Tristan, I love you, but I just need to be alone. I've been around humans too much. And I am an extrovert, but, you're, but that energy tank still, there's times, like you said, processing and refueling. There are times, just because you're an extrovert does not mean that you're 100% go, go, go in large groups all the time. Absolutely. So both need community and both need some time alone. Okay, men versus women. Mar- was it men go to Mars? Men are from Mars, Venus? women are from Venus? Something like that. Go yeah. to Venus. <laughs> go to Venus. Go to Venus. All right, get clearly out of here. that go I'm a little Venus. rusty on these old sayings. The popular culture. <laughs> and Becky, don't get along. <laughs> nope. <laughs> You don't want me on your trivia team. No, definitely not. <laughs> Although you're a good guesser. So oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's helpful. Charades I'm in. Yes. <laughs> okay. So men and women, we tend to think of women as talkers and emotional and men as silent and unemotional. Guys, I hate to break it to you. These are just stereotypes. These are cultural norms, societal norms that we have formed over the years, thanks to marketing in large part, pretty much just marketing. And it's not true. It's just not. 
And there, I read this great article in the New York Times uh, called Teaching Men to Be Emotionally Honest. And it talks about these studies that were done that prove that boys, before they're kind of taught what masculinity is, they actually have more emotions and a wider emotional range than women. But we teach them that to be a man is to not show any emotions. To There's, oh, there's this article in Psychology Today that says, or uh, the article is called Why Don't Many Men Show Their Emotions? And they say that one of the Ten Commandments of masculinity is, thou shalt not feel. Oh, that's so sad. Isn't that sad? I know. And uh, Dr. Gary Chapman, who wrote the five love languages that we talked about last week, he says that there are no rewards for maintaining stereotypes. And I was like, oh, that, yep, you're right. I know. Yeah. There are no rewards. And I get that there is this... There are societal constructs, and so if we act outside of them, we can be criticized. We can feel like we, I, I, I hear from men, like I'm expected to be masculine, and it, the, the typical American USA version of masculine, and if I'm not, then I'm kind of shunned, or I'm looked down upon, or I'm insulted, or whatever, so I get that, but you don't actually get anything good for being in that club, mm-hmm. and so it's important to recognize we all have emotions, and we need to process them. And if we bottle them up, they don't go away. They're just in there causing trouble. <laughs> like the, the iceberg concept of like, if we bury them below the surface, they're still there and they still drive our actions. We just don't recognize them. And so, yeah, just this interesting view of men really do, they have emotions and they need mm-hmm. friends and they need to talk about how things are going and process. And women don't all talk all the time. <laughs> Just, yeah. you know, friendly reminder. We, we, we don't <laughs> all talk way. all the time like that. So, yeah, the, just wanted to bust those myths before we start. What I've what I've noticed from the, the guy's side, the men who I see do a good job freely communicating their emotions and talking, they have self-confidence yep. and they're mature. They're like over caring what society or others think. But that's hard. Oh, yeah. And that usually oftentimes it takes age to kind of get that confidence but I definitely, I know multiple guys who sharing their emotions and I would even say they're more emotional than me. It, and so you're exactly right. It is by no means men have no emotions and they don't want to talk. It's probably more so how do they have the confidence to do that and feel yeah. free to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And how do we as women support men in communicating mm-hmm. their emotions as opposed to shutting them down or saying, wait, why are you crying? Yep. You're a man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and final myth, married versus single. So you don't have to be married to have a close relationship. You don't have to be married to have someone that you can communicate all your thoughts and feelings to. Just friendly reminder, I am single. I have great friends, <laughs> including Becky, that I communicate how I'm feeling to. Yeah. All right, well, we have started talking about relationships and why they're important, and we are so excited to dive into the next few weeks of this Who Dat series with, we're going to talk about friends, going to talk about coworkers, we're going to talk about leading, going to talk about parents, like being a parent as well as having parents as an adult. Oh my gosh, nobody trains you to be an adult child. Like, it's weird. No one gives you training on that. <laughs> I don't know how to be the adult child of my parents and um, uh, marriages, marriage relationships. So we're going to dive into a whole bunch of things and I'm really excited to see how it goes. So hope you join us. Thanks for joining us on Living Box Free, put on by On The Rise Group. 
follow or subscribe to Living Box Free on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Play to hear our new episodes every Monday as well as our bonus episodes. You can learn more about our services at ontherisegroup.com. Also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at ontherisegroup. We hope you'll tune in next time for more helpful content.